Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Today we are discussing The Umbrella Academy, Season 1, Episode 10, the final episode. We finally did it. We made it. 10 episodes. I think it was about 8 podcasts. If you haven't listened to all of them, go ahead in the library, check them all out, and then come back. If you have watched it, you are ready to embark on the final episode's uh, podcast journey. So the 10th episode of The Umbrella Academy is The White Violin, directed by Peter Hoare, who is also the um, director of the first, I think the first two episodes at least. Uh, sorry, the, just just the first episode, um, to my knowledge. Let me see if he did anything else. Let me see. Yeah, he did the beginning and he did the end. So, he did my favorite uh, direction in the first episode, and I think the last episode was probably just right up there with the the beginning for my favorite episodes throughout the whole season. Um, we start out with seeing the beginning of Reginald Hargraves, and we see his dying wife and him coming to, I guess, coming to America and finding the umbrella shop. It looks like he buys the umbrella shop. He was going to give some sort of violin to his dying wife. Um, he ends up not giving it to her, so it gets passed down to Vanya eventually. And before Mr. Hargraves leaves, he looks outside and releases, like, uh, I don't know, a ton of these um, little glowing creature things. I don't know. They look like lightning bugs of some sort. And he lets them out and outside and as they're flying you see missiles going off into what looks like space or something like that i'm not really sure what the buck that was all about that just seemed like so far left field i'm honestly going to have to add some notes in the uh com in the podcast note section to elaborate on that because i i don't have any idea what any of that meant just all I knew was that we were finding his uh, sick wife there. So, at um, we get we get Mister Hargrave's backstory. We understand that he's not that bad of a guy. For I don't know, he he's he gets I don't know. He's definitely has feeling, but once he became in contact with the kids, it seems he lost a lot of it. Um, at the end of the ninth episode, we saw how. Vanya just just blew up the entire um, base or this this like box she was in, um, placed in at the top of the mansion. She blows it up. She gets she's she's on the loose. Vanya's on the loose, and she's fucking up the entire mansion. I definitely could tell Netflix was juggling their budget all around all the way, and. Uh, they're like, we need to have some over here. We need to have some over here. We need to have some over here. We need explosions over here. I thought it was done well when Vanya is going throughout the house and seeing all of her uh, memories of her, you know, brothers and sisters saying, you know, Vanya, you're not part of the team, you know, this, that, and the other. And as she leaves, the explosion happens. We don't actually see the explosion uh, in the room. We see the explosion coming through the hallway. And so I thought that was an effective way to do it and an affordable, with, with an affordable budget. Um, 
Vanya walks in on um, Allison and Luther, I guess, kissing at one point. So there is wide knowledge of everyone in the in the house knowing about their quote unquote little relationship they have. Um, so I I really liked that Ben finally came to he um, he kind of harnesses power through Klaus and. It, I, we, the first reaction we see is Ben pulling Diego and Klaus up, making sure they're not hit by a massive part of the house roof. And uh, I was like, oh, shit. I, I, I liked how they introduced it. And he, Ben seems just as surprised as Klaus is. And, um, yeah, it, it's really cool. So let's see what else we have on here. Pretty much the entire episode, Ellen Page says nothing if I – if I remember correctly, maybe like one or two things to Pogo, but um, it's mostly just her looking, you know, longingly into her memories that were throughout the house, and she's just destroying this house. I mean, she's just psychotic at this point. She's just emotionally broken. Um, the whole Pogo thing, I was like, damn. I it's a double-edged sword having Pogo. Pogo is a great character, but we also got zero backstory with him. He's killed kind of emotionally and sort of just abruptly, but, I mean, with all of the effects that are happening throughout this television show, it's got to be difficult to have him on screen for long periods of time. So um, Vanya kind of had to kill him. Since we know what happens at the end of this episode and there's a whole time reversal thing like a like I had kind of thought that was going to happen at one point um Pogo's probably not dead and we if there is a second season hopefully we'll get to see him again um but yeah it was fucked up Vanya just like threw him on the uh the antler horns and <laughs> I mean I think I I called that earlier throughout uh, the seasons. I was like, those antler horns have got to bother Pogo. Um, but yeah, I was I was pissed that Vanya killed Pogo, but since we know what happens at the end, I'm not as pissed. Um, so yeah, having, having that effect on screen just has to be so expensive, and so I understood why they went with the moves they did. The scene of uh, Ellen Page as Vanya walking out of the uh, mansion... Pretty well done. Pretty well done. I mean, I you can tell that it's not exactly a real building, but it doesn't look terrible. I mean, for a television show, it 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 does work. Um, one scene that didn't work for me was uh, everybody hanging out in the in the rumble of the uh, the rubble of the uh, mansion. I thought it looked a little bit too too much like a set. And they're like, oh, helicopters, and it just looks like someone has like a red and red and blue light, and they're just running away from it. It just looked really cheap at the at the time. They didn't want to have any um, any effects on screen. We also didn't have any talking from Allison. I completely forgot that since she can't talk, she is immediately uh, incapable of using her. I have a rumor power so she's almost like a quote-unquote normal person um it was definitely interesting to see her have this um notepad style thing writing around writing um and we actually see this touching scene with luther and allison in the phone booth and she drops the in a tight phone booth and she can't 
reach to pick up the notepad to write stuff to say to her daughter. And Luther ends up saying things that Allison, he thinks that Allison would want to say to her daughter and probably things that Luther wants to say to Allison. So it was like a double, a double, double. Um, but I was, um, I was touched at that little point, but I still am very uncomfortable with this whole relationship. And he still, he's still referred to these uncle. Um, it's just weird. So let's hop on to Hazel and Cha Cha. They are being sat down and they have a little Chinese food with a handler and she's back. I, I guess she just comes back just like that. It, it's kind of unexplained if she's the Lord of time or whatever. It doesn't really make that much sense, but they all get on the same page. Um, she basically tells them to go protect Vanya. Hazel's not doing that. He, he's just, uh, He's had enough with trying to, uh, you know, live this life of the hitman. He wants to go do something else. Um, so fast forward to Vanya heading to um, heading to her concert, and there's a big concert about to happen. There's always a big concert or a big something or another at the very end of the a lot of movies and TV shows. So we got a big concert to go to, and there be, she's being followed by Hazel and Cha Cha, which I'll go ahead and say they end up. Um, <laughs> uh, Hazel ends up saying, you know, this is your stop. And he goes, and she goes, shing, and Mary G. Bly goes, shing, and Cha-Cha is down. Um, later we find out that's not actually the case, but she comes back like the Terminator. I'll tell you that. Um, so everybody's headed, is hanging out at the headquarters of, uh, the bowling alley and they're trying to get all of this, uh, you know, all of this nonsense put into one um, one cohesive uh, timeline because no one really seems to understand where they're going or what they should be looking for. And I felt like they just kind of said, we need to go here, we need to go here, kind of without any motive. It's like they just were like, oh, yeah, she's got a, uh, she's got a, a theater. You know, she's playing violin today, so let's go to the theater. It's like... Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't be doing that earlier. It just seemed like they were like, okay, we got to do this now. We got to do this now. So a couple of the plot lines just felt like they were like, okay, so the, the script tells me I got to go here, so we should probably go there. And then everyone goes there, but it's executed at a high level, so it doesn't exactly bother me. Um, the whole bowling alley fight, the, I thought it was uh, it was pretty good. It wasn't one of the best fights, but it was a lot of fun. It was, I think Klaus had some of the best comedic timing throughout this. There was a lot going on from, you know, action, drama, and all these standpoints. And Klaus is over there uh, throwing cakes at the at the SWAT team members. And uh, it, it was hilarious, just uh, some of these uh, <laughs> little lines they have him do. And he's not exactly – he's not as annoying as I was expecting at the in the first few episodes. He, he really grew on me, especially in this episode. Um Visually, I thought, you know, that it looked kind of cool, but nothing about the action was really that spectacular in the bowling alley for me. Um, visually, it just looked looked nice. Um, the the colors, the cinematography, that type of thing. Um, during that whole, whole debacle, Five is talking to a handler, and she's still being weird and oddly seductive, and it's, it's uncomfortable, especially because of how young that kid is. And... Uh, it was kind of 
obvious. She's she's just there to give a lot of exposition, in my opinion, and just to to, to relay it to the you know to the Umbrella Academy. Um, and I they kept referring it to the apocalypse, and I it, it ended up being the apocalypse. I was they weren't lying. Um, but yeah, so let's um scoot on over to Vanya playing violin and. She's doing a pretty killer job. It sounds like they're doing the Umbrella Academy um, soundtrack, or they're doing, you know, the orchestra version. And we got the whole team in there um, setting up the plan. Klaus is definitely bummed that he's being put to the side. Um, It flashes to Hazel and Donut Lady. I can't remember Donut Lady's name. Um... But uh, it flashes to them, and basically you find out that they're going to be, um, you know, two birds in a nest or whatever, two beans in a pod. And so they, they turn out to be pretty cute, but um, Agnes, her name's Agnes. Um, so, yeah, and then it pans over to the suitcase that is in the wall, which means they can time teleport wherever. So, let's see. This plan that Luther has was, ugh. I thought the plan to go tackle Vanya was a little weak. It seemed that Allison was being much more effective with her attending the uh, the ceremony instead of uh, you know attacking her. But it's understandable what what happened. You know, it makes it much more visually interesting. So Vanya's powers look like a cross between like. Like it's like a musical power ver- with uh, with like Harry Potter spells or something like that. It's not quite too visually uh, gripping. It kind of just looks like a ripple on the screen, but hell, it fucks people up. And uh, at at one point, she's getting um, y- you see her full potential. And so um, I thought the action in here was pretty good for the most part in the theater. Um, I liked I liked watching them kind of get in this uh this debacle and having Klaus uh, channel his inner Ben and uh, just very last minute he comes through and I think everyone does see Ben in this little um debacle. Um let me see the the powers that um Klaus was doing. I wanted to see that almost sooner, but I can understand why they wanted to hold it. So um we see Ben remove like his shirt and he has like tentacles that come out and destroy everybody and we didn't really know how it worked at first but uh it it's probably the most visually effective way to use it on a budget we're like we can't show real tentacles coming out of this guy but we can show um we can show like a ghost tentacles coming out and then the ghost tentacles they they do look like shitty C- cg effects but i mean they they're fucking some of these um, you know, SWAT t- team members up, ripping them in half, and throw them in, throwing them into walls. It, they, it, it, that's the one cool thing about it is if the sh- effect is going to be shitty, at least make what it does, you know, uh, effective. And I'd say that's what they did. Um, I, I'd say the the action be in the editing between um, showing Ben and Klaus um, fucking shit up and Cha Cha and. Diego fucking shit up, you know, I thought that was done, done the best, um, some of the action was done the best, and 
I'm pretty sure Cha-Cha and uh, Hazel might be one of those 43 individuals that were um, were born on that day because they just don't die. I mean, they get stabbed, they get punched, they get thrown out through cars, all this shit. Um, Diego has a nice little flashback of uh, Patch, um, and he remembers what Five was saying. You know, do you think that she would she would like you to be remembering her by killing Cha Cha in her memory? And basically, Diego says, "I'm not a murderer." You know, it it was basically what was going to happen. I mean, you kill her, or you don't. It, 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 that's the kind of thing that it went for. But I, I understand that he went for the high road, um, which means maybe 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 Mary J Blige's Cha Cha could come back for next season. Um, some of the visuals on Vanya were just quite honestly just okay, and it it did remind me a little bit of the Suicide Squad effect. You know, there wouldn't be a problem if you guys weren't there, but you're also there to fix the problem. So it's like, God dang it. (laughs) So, um, the effects that did work for me, um, specifically were the ones where they pick up everybody and or she picks up everyone using you know this little like spell with her violin the white violin and uh it seems to be the the source of her power honestly um but she her entire suit turns white and it's kind of hard to tell exactly what's going on with uh uh the brothers that are being lifted up um it seems like she's absorbing their power but we also have Allison right behind her with a gun so Okay, so the Diego number five and Luther effect, at first, they really did not work for me. When they're being held up by her little tentacle arms again or whatever, her power arms, and she's absorbing their power, it didn't make sense what was happening. I couldn't tell what was, you know, what pain they were feeling because it just looked like they were being absorbed by something, and it wasn't specific. So once you saw that they were aging rapidly, um, it really it really made sense. Um what was happening. And then when she gets shot and she shoots a beam into the moon, I think all of these graphics of them shooting into the moon, the moon coming and hitting earth, the next few scenes are stellar just from a, a cinematic point of view and, in you know, gra- CGI. I just thought that all of the CGI throughout, um, the end of the world apocalypse was done e- extremely well. And hell, we have Klaus right there to say, you know, Guys, I, I think we still we didn't we didn't stop the apocalypse, and he you know he's still there to you know crack a joke or something. But anyways, I thought the the visual of watching the moon explode and uh, send a chunk to Earth was just like it was breathtaking, and some of the best television I've seen from CGI standpoint in a long time. And uh, let me see, I mean that's that's up for movie quality. And uh, it looked like they used to whatever effects team they used for Pogo on the moon and to destroy the Earth. I thought that was some of the best. So um, basically, uh, number five says, why don't we just, um, you know, teleport back in time and all of you come with me, which really, eh, it's really a deus ex machina, kind of a cop out if you think about it too hard, like, I had said at one point that if you can see people that have died or if you can, you know, you can shift time, if you can go forward or backward in time, it nothing really is set in stone. And that's a little bit bothering. It bothers me just a little bit because 
you know, when you see a death, you want it to have an emotional impact. And if you think that at the snap of fingers that you can just go back in time, then all of a sudden, then um, it it takes the gra- you know the the gravity out of the situation. And uh, I don't know. It, it seems weird that the team wouldn't all have tried to teleport with him again at one point. I mean, we just kind of assumed that he had tried it, and I talked about it earlier. I was like, I guess he can't teleport with you know, with, um, items in his hand, but that wasn't exactly true. I'm not, I'm, we're we're not sure. So for some reason he has the power now to just, you know, to reverse time. I mean, Handler knows that he has the power to do this. So I, my thing is if you knew the apocalypse was coming, why not do this in the first place six episodes ago? You know, um, that that's what I'm saying is because they technically didn't avert the apocalypse. They kind of started it. So if you knew you were going to do a quick time reversal, then um, I guess just because they lived to see it, that no matter what they did, that it still was going to, the apocalypse was still going to happen. So visually we see uh, Hazel and um, Agnes, you know, go, go, they don't go up in flames. They, they um, use the, what's it called? Briefcase to go to whatever time zone and they're leaving the motel they were at. We also see the cop that was uh, helping Allison out reading one of the magazines that she was featured in as a as a young girl, I believe. And uh, that that was pretty funny. Just the, the touchstones of people that we have seen um, throughout the last couple of episodes, specifically like this random cop. We see uh, Agnes and Hazel. We see the. Um, Diego's and Patch's friend, that that cop, he gets exploded as well, um, or vaporized or whatever you want to call the apocalypse. Um, but yeah, we go through like this quick montage of all these people that are being exploded in different scenarios. And okay, so it appears that that's Allison's, uh, the cop that was with Allison in episode eight, I believe, was reading a magazine featuring her daughter, Allison's daughter and her father. So, um, that was a good – it's little things like that. That detail is why I really like the show because, you know, they didn't have to. It could be reading anything. Um, but they decide to go for the little things like um, – just like everyone had uh, – I, I, I think that the detail in this was exceptional throughout most of the television show. Um, I love the one-take shot when it when they're all trying to go through back in time and all of the kids uh, turn back – all of the all of the family turns back into kids as they're going back in time, and it's all in one take. And I think that's it was really effective in in, in my opinion because we've seen it, what feels like we've seen these kids kind of grow up. Um, honestly, we could see them grow up a lot more. Um, I didn't realize who Cha uh, Cha was trying to talk to on the phone. I kind of didn't really understand that. She gets exploded in the city, and uh, then the episode's over. It is, uh, it's, it's one of those endings where you're just like, holy shit. Um, what a crazy, crazy television show. And so, um, I, I, I wanted to do a little quick scene by scene like that, just so that we could cover the entire thing and we would understand as much as possible. They focus on the white violin when we're, uh, when they're about to do the time jump and, uh, I guess the violin travels with them. So, I'm anxious to see what um what happens there. 
Um, anything else we need to add to this final episode? I honestly don't think we do. Honestly, I mean, we, we fucking covered the hell out of it. Um, I love this show. Honestly, this was one of my top television shows of 2019. I'm gonna have to mark this down so that we add it to the list. Um, I'm recommending it to just about everybody, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it was incredible. And I think, uh, cinematically, visually, technically, all the acting, all of it is hitting on such high level and high, high level cylinders. And I think that Netflix actually has a fucking hit right now. So do we need a season two? That's, that's the real thing. I absolutely think we're going to get a season two. Do we need it? Not necessarily. Um, I would like to see another one. I'd like to see these kids continue to grow up, but I know that even having such a young cast, um, they're all going to grow up as well. So it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they approach this show. All right, everyone, check out the rest of the Lucky Dog Podcast, television, multimedia, movies, all these podcasts we got coming down the tube. Um, I appreciate you listening. Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, concerns. If you have, um, you know, if you want to let us know what we, we should watch, if you have suggestions or something like that, you know, email us or Twitter us or whatever, Instagram us. We, we're on all these social medias. Check out the show notes for all of the links to those. Um, what do we have coming down the tube? Doom Patrol. The Umbrella Academy. Yeah, we just talked about that shit. Russian Doll. Abducted in Plain Sight. Escape at Danamora. Sex Education. Mid-90s. Fire Fraud. On Hulu. All these popular podcast apps coming down. Apps. All these popular podcasts coming down. The tube's just for you. By the way, I do think that Pogo will be back for a season two. And... Oh no! I, I, I absolutely, uh, I give this a nine out of ten stars. Thank you.